You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network. Your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend, Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. And I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Try the text at 231-714-4195. Send us questions. You can email questions to us. AskNoHuddle at gmail.com. Twitter works as well, at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y, or at Gil Packers. We have a, a couple of questions from listeners that I kind of thought would be fun to answer on this show today, and we'll get to those in a second. Um, I made a, a mistake with the episode last week. Gil, do you know what it was? Uh, no. What was the mistake? I posted the episode Thursday morning instead of Friday. That's right. Because we, you did do that. Because we recorded Wednesday night due to a uh, scheduling thing. And it's always just my habit to go ahead and get the whole thing scheduled up to go out first thing in the the following morning. So it went out Thursday and uh, apparently it threw some people off. Uh, We have had a lot of people sending in score predictions over the last, um, what, two, three weeks that we've been doing this. Yep. Which is a lot of fun to, to read those. Zero people sent in score predictions last week, which is a steep drop off. Um, So that means, uh, you know, the good news is there's no risk of anybody dethroning you or I. Now, we since we recorded on Wednesday, obviously, this all happened before Kirk Cousins went on the covid list. And so we gave our score predictions thinking he would be playing. Yeah, we both said it'd be relatively high scoring games. Um, well, we were half right. <laughs> so I said the final score would be 30 to 27. You said 34, 27. And since the Vikings put up just a meager 10 points, uh, I made some ground on you. You still lead the series by 10 points. I've got this week and however many playoff games we play to try and catch up to you. But it's looking grim for the whole season. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I will take the consolation prize of, I got to see the game live in person. I think that's a pretty good. That is awesome. Reward. And, and tell me what this was your first trip to Lambo. Tell, yep. tell me what stood out most to you besides the, the cold. Well, uh, how about the fact that they just plopped an NFL stadium out in the middle of a field? Basically <laughs> I was, I was chuckling. Now I'm not, I'm not looking down my nose at green Bay. I, grew up in a town basically the same size right and it's it was just hilarious to me to look around and be like no this is the same size as my town and there's an nfl stadium just right here um here's the other thing that i think really stood out to me is how much aaron Rodgers they had all over the facilities you know we went through the hall of fame we went we did the whole stadium tour they've got aaron Rodgers everywhere and honestly not a ton of in comparison which makes sense you want to showcase your current starting qb face of the franchise i just i just i was looking around and i was like man would things really change a lot here uh whenever they do move on from aaron and if they do it right now man just would be really surprising but uh and and by the way he's been 
He's been talking a lot, and you know my position that I don't think whether he's here next year is really up to him. I think he's done a good job of um, sort of, uh, you know, doing the, doing the PR tour and putting out there the perception that it's all up to him. I don't think that's necessarily accurate, but it sounds like he really wants to be here next year. He was talking on, on several shows this week. I think I counted four interviews that he did within the last uh, seven or eight days where he was talking about his future with the team. And it sounds all really positive. Of course, you know, the, one of the most famous ones that we got was when he said, uh, whatever the decision is, he's not going to drag it out. It's going to be really quick. Also in that same soundbite, he mentioned that he's not talking about another team. It really sounds like the question in his mind is come back to green Bay or hang up the cleats. And I think, I think that he's not lying that he really is seriously considering hanging it up. He's talked about the toll that this season has taken on his body, how he's really feeling the age. And I, I know everybody's, you know, quick to pull out Tom Brady's age. Yeah. Tom Brady. And who else, who else <laughs> is playing at Brady's level at his age? I, just because Brady's doing it does not mean that Aaron can do it. And, Look, he is the one who has to live in his body and feel it. And if he's saying, I don't know that I can continue to put my body through this. I don't know that I can sustain this level of play. I mean, look, he's had a fantastic year. It is not up to the same level that it was a year ago. And that's fine to acknowledge. He's got, I think, 35 touchdowns right now. He had 46 last year, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 49, was it? or? It might have been 49 if you include the playoffs, I think. But okay. Uh, but either way, he's it, it's not the same level that it was for last year. And I think that it seems like that maybe bothers him a little bit. Plus the fact that he's had to miss so much practice this year. I think he maybe has not felt as connected to the team because his injured toe has forced him to stay on the sidelines uh, during some of those practices, I think. Yeah, that that definitely does play into it. And look, I I, I think this offseason is going to be uh, really, it's going to change the direction of the Packers franchise one way or the other. Whether Rodgers stays and Love stays, Rodgers retires and Love stays, Rodgers is traded and Love, uh, you know, they bring in somebody or they stay with Love. There are a lot of options and, yep. you know, the, the course of the short term future of this franchise will change as a result of what's going to happen. But we still have one regular season game and as many as three postseason games before that saga begins. And bold prediction for this podcast. I'm going to stand firmly on this. Gil, you can either stand with me or you can take two steps to the side, however you want to do it. Okay. Devontae Adams will be a Packer in 2022. I am very confident in that. The uh, The team, I think, has made it very clear that that is their intentions, and they're, they're going to get it done. You know, there was the report this week that they are thinking of franchise tagging him. I have no doubt whatsoever that that will not happen. He will not play on the franchise side because it's not financially feasible. There are, I think, two possible scenarios here. One is maybe they are actually planning to do the franchise tag as a Band-Aid while they hammer out 
his longer term deal. Mm -hmm. I think that's very possible. I also think maybe even more likely is that because you look at some of the other information. So Ian Rappaport is the guy who reported that. And he had other information that he published that week that was about other Packers stuff. He was talking about Aaron Rodgers. To me, that says he was talking to somebody within the Packers organization. I think there's a pretty solid chance that the Packers put this out there to put a little bit of pressure on Devontae to make him come to the table and agree to their terms or at least get closer to their terms. Because if he has the threat of playing on the franchise tag hanging over his head, which, by the way, again, is not going to happen because it can't happen. But I think I think that there's a really solid chance that this is leverage against Devontae and his agent to make them come to the table. Because, look, Gudikin said, look, he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. We think he's earned that. We just have some disagreements about what that means. And obviously, the issue here is DeAndre Hopkins contract because right. he was getting paid by uh, the Texans. And he had some new money coming in from the Cardinals. There was funny money in there where he was getting paid a ridiculous amount of money on a really weird contract. The Packers are saying, well, we're not doing that, but there are other ways to define highest paid wide receiver. And we are willing to make that happen. And to me, the fact that they said that the fact that whatever the reason for this uh, franchise tag info coming out, either way, this is how the Aaron Jones deal went down last year. Mm hmm. I, Look, I am that, very confident he's going to be here. Both sides are looking for leverage right now. I think the Packers want to keep him. I think a lot of what Devontae Adams wants may depend on Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers retires, you know, that's not a factor. But if Rodgers stays in Green Bay, I think that gives Adams more incentive to stay in Green Bay. And if Rodgers... I, I have never bought that argument. It's... It, I, I hear it everywhere. I've never bought it because what Devonte wants is money. He wants security for, you know, this is generational wealth yep. for his children. He wants that security. I think he wants to stay with the team he's been with. I don't think he wants to go elsewhere. If he can get that money right here, does he want to keep breaking records? Obviously yes, but he also knows that he's about to head into the downswing of his career just because of his own age, he's playing at a freakish level, but he he knows he can't keep that up for five, six years. Uh, I, I've, I've never bought the the idea that he would want to follow Rodgers to a different team. I just don't think that's how it works. You look at uh, players across the league on terrible teams, and if that team ponies up and gives them the money they want, they stay on a terrible team. It happens everywhere. It, it does. Look, for... I, I think that generational security that you spoke of is definitely important to Devontae Adams. And this is his big chance. He will, you know, by the time he signs another deal, he will be on the wrong side of 30. And while I think that he will age well compared to a lot of receivers because he doesn't rely exclusively on his speed to yeah. to get the job done, a lot of the things he does are, uh, you know, his his film study, his body movement, his ability to disguise his patterns. But I think he also does care about his Hall of Fame possibilities and his long-term legacy. And if 
Aaron Rodgers, let's say, goes to, I'm making this up, Denver. If they could, if he can get the same money in Denver and stay with Aaron Rodgers that the Packers would offer him, I think that that would be a consideration for him because of the fact that his chemistry and his relationship with Rodgers is something special. And it really does make a difference as far as what numbers he's going to put up and where people will consider him when they talk about the all-time great receivers or even just the receivers of this era. Uh, I, I think that is a consideration for him. Is it the biggest consideration? No, but I think it is something that he will take into consideration. Makes sense to me. All right. Uh, so we have our Lions preview coming up and <clears throat> there's not a ton to talk about with the Lions because it's such a meaningless game. The Lions actually... I think uh, are hurt by a win this week. I don't think that they are going to play to lose, uh, but the Packers I think would benefit a bit from the lions winning. You know, people talk about the idea of the lions wanting to get a win here to carry some positive momentum over into next year. Next year is such a long way away. I just don't know how much that's a real thing. Um, you know, so the the biggest thing to me is the, Lions draft stock. I would, uh, I wonder actually. So the, the Jaguars right now have the first pick in the draft. I don't think that the, uh, although by the way, I think the Jaguars really might win this game against, uh, Indianapolis yeah. this week. The Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Yeah. And the Jaguars stink, but they are still they're a two win team right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, they beat the Bills. They have some talent to jump up and bite a team that doesn't play well. And um, the this is not the worst version of the Jaguars we've seen in the last couple of years, especially with Urban gone. Uh, gone right now. I think they maybe have a chance. The, the Lions have two wins, a. A loss to the Packers and a win to the Colts here, I think, would give the Lions the number one. Right. They uh, can't be lower than two. They're either one or two. Yeah, so. And there is no Trevor Lawrence. There is no great quarterback out there in this year's draft that everybody has as a consensus number one pick. Yeah, but you got some fantastic edge rushers. You do. Thibodeau, Aiden Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yep. I, I think whoever has the number one pick, even if it's uh, Detroit, who's in Michigan, I think I think they're taking Kayvon Thibodeau because of his size. I think uh, I think Hutchinson is locked in at no better than second uh, overall because he is smaller. And we've seen we've seen uh, like against uh, Georgia, uh, I think he was struggling a little bit. He won a lot of his reps, but Georgia has some big offensive line uh, linemen. I think that you were seeing a little bit of that set in. Um, and and then for the Packers, obviously a very meaningless game. It's an exhibition game for the Packers. They want to keep their guys fresh. They don't want them sitting for three weeks, not doing anything. That being said, I think uh, Rodgers and the starting offense certainly does not play more than a half. They right. might not play more than one to two drives is, is possible. You you go up ten nothing or fourteen nothing and yeah I think I think at that point maybe it's it's just time. 
And, you know, they want to get Devontae the receiving yardage record if they can. What does he, he need? 20 22 yards. yards. 20. Yeah. 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 So they'd like to get him that. I think Rodgers wants to throw at least one more touchdown just to sort of settle the MVP, uh, yeah. you know, controversy and just say, hey, you know, the numbers are there and keep everybody sharp. But I, I think, you know, to me, the biggest thing that we're looking at in this game, the Packers want, I, I want to see the Packers. And I, I, I wrote about this for Cheesehead TV this week. I want to see Jordan Love play at least a half. And I want to mm-hmm. see the Matt LaFleur implement a game plan that is specifically designed to showcase what Jordan Love does best. I don't think we saw that against Kansas do that? City. Do you think they'll do that? Uh, they should. They should. Yeah, but will do, they do, do that? They will. Uh, I hope so. Um, I'm 50 50. I'm 50 50. I, 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 I think that would be the wisest move. Uh, it's a win win situation because basically, uh, you want to be able to, you know, see what he can do and play to his strengths if he's staying next year. You want to build confident the confidence of his teammates. If he's not staying next year, you want to increase his trade value. So either way, I I, I think that's, you know, you you want to be able to to show this, show his teammates, give him some confidence and, and just make the draft pick look a lot better. And yeah, I, I think overall it would be the best thing that the Packers could do. Will they do it? I hope so. I hope so. What did you think watching Jordan Love uh, take over in the fourth quarter against the Vikings? Because I was there live, and I will tell you, it was interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't see a lot of NFL games live every couple of years is about what I do. It's it's kind of just enough to remind me what it's like. Right. And the the quarterback play from Rodgers live, it, it never looked as, as uh, impressive as it does on the TV. Okay. And so – we, we were sitting there watching um well I, I just feel like when you're when you're watching live when they when they miss uh a play right incompletion or, or whatever or, or a tackle for loss when you have a play like that when you're live you can see the reactions of like the whole team mm-hmm. and I, I I think it just changes the perception it, it feels like more of a gut punch you're not only just watching the guys who are uh, involved, you're seeing everybody else like hang their heads, and you see the defense celebrating, and it it just it just feels different. And so we were watching Love, and there were some exciting plays. <clears throat> and my wife and I kind of turned to each other at the end, and we said, "Do we think Jordan Love is is good based on what we just saw?" We're genuinely not sure. I think that has been my reaction most every time I've ever seen him play, whether it's in the preseason, whether it's against Kansas City. I watch him and I go, is he good? I don't know. I don't feel like I got any information. Because uh, his his bad plays kind of stick out to you. And then he makes a, a really great play. And you're like, oh, no, no, no. He, he can still pull it out of the bag. He's got that talent. Look, I, I think the biggest difference between a 17-year veteran like Aaron Rodgers and, <laughs> excuse me, a second-year player who didn't even have a real Mm -hmm. training camp and all of that in his first year, uh, who has started a grand total of one game is their ability to read defenses, to improvise, to, 
uh, adjust. And that's a process that takes time. It took Aaron Rodgers time to do that. And then because of the fact that they need to do that, it really translates into consistency. Is the talent there for Jordan Love to develop into a good or even better than good starting quarterback in this league? I think the talent is there. The question is whether or not he will realize that talent and whether the coaching staff will help him realize that talent. And that's a work in progress. So, you know, to me, get him out there, let him do his thing. The other thing is this, in that weather, under those circumstances, with the game already out of reach, how much of an indicator is, you know, the two or three series that he played in any event? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting thought. The Lions, I think, present an interesting challenge here because Obviously, they're going to play all their starters. I think Jared Goff is going to play. No Tim um, Boyle. I, 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 you know. Don't make me talk about Tim Boyle. I'm going to tick people off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they they have been playing some really good football recently. I think one of the biggest changes has been the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown yep. uh, at wide receiver and also Josh Reynolds, who had a relationship with Jared Goff already. Uh, Khalif Raymond uh, kind of doesn't really add anything. I, I would say right now he's, uh, you know, just replacement level. They have that really good offensive line. They, uh, the, the left tackle is kind of the only vulnerability there. Uh, right now they're starting Matt Nelson at left tackle. The rest of the offensive line is, uh, well above average. Um, their running back duo has been productive. And then on the other side of the ball, that defensive line is is uh, as competent as the offensive line. And they they play it tough. And there's been several games this year where things did really get out of hand. I think about like the Eagles game final score, I think, was 44 to six. They've had a couple other blowout losses. The Broncos game, uh, I foolishly decided to watch and I wish I hadn't that was a 10 to 38 loss <laughs> last week gave up a 50 spot to the Seattle Seahawks who we shut out even though they put up 29 of their own I, I don't know how much you can take away from that that right the defense clearly collapsed and that's an issue and I think that if Aaron Rodgers was playing the full game you have no question that he could uh, shred that defense uh, pretty handily and if it mattered With a- but again, it's those it's those receivers, I think, that have woken up, that have really turned the corner on this offense. The last time they had a really poor uh, offensive showing was against the Broncos. And that was a weird game where you had you had some drops. You had, uh, I think, a couple turnovers on downs. Just a weird game. They only put 10 put up 10 points since then. They also had 16 against the Falcons, but the defense only gave up 20. So I think that was still close game but it's 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 these other games 29 against the viking vikings 30 against the cardinals 29 against the seahawks that's every other week so they go uh big little big little big so the if that pattern is going to continue at all <coughs> we're due for little you would then. expect the offense to have have a, 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 a unimpressive day and i don't know if playing your hated rival at home kind of changes the calculus on that. I would say it probably does. 
I, both teams are playing to win. No question about that. Uh, Matt LaFleur said the Packers are, are going to Detroit to win a football game. The Lions really want this win. They want uh, a feather to stick in their cap that, hey, we closed out our season the right way, vanquished the Packers. Even it doesn't matter if it was a meaningless game. We still did it because the Packers may take a day off and we don't. I think that's going to be their message uh, to to their guys. But yeah. the offensive line is an issue. The defensive line is an issue. And I'm curious to see how we defend the corners because our DB play recently has not been up to the same standard it has been. Well, last week it was pretty good, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were also facing a backup quarterback last week. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I would say that the quarterback issues were a, a bigger factor there because the, the quarterback and the we, weather. We, yeah. We noticed a lot of plays that went badly for the Vikings didn't seem like they were caused by the Packers unless it was a pressure on the quarterback. <clears throat> it, mo- many of the incompletions, it felt like there was a guy wide open who just got missed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Kirk Cousins probably wouldn't have missed as badly. But look, I would say, y- yeah, th- there are things this Packers team wants to work on. Certainly, even last week, the run defense was excellent, but you still want to see the run defense do a good job. Uh, again, just to, to reinforce it. Special teams has been better the last few weeks, which just mm-hmm. means it hasn't been god-awful. Uh, but I need that to continue. Uh, we want to see... I, I, I think I think I heard, I think uh, Pack Daddy over the Packernet podcast found the numbers that said even though special teams looked much improved, I think he said they were still the 32nd ranked special teams based on just last week's performance alone. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. Look, the punting for once, the punting last week was terrible, but the, again, the weather oh, probably Bojo has been struggling. Yes, yes. The weather I think is it. Uh, I will tell you that we were watching him cause I was sitting in the stands two full hours before kickoff. <laughs> we were watching him warm up and in practice. And, and I think this is a big reason why uh, Drayton gets so many passes from LaFleur in practice. Bajorquez was booming those punts between 50 and 60 yards every single time. And my wife is sitting there watching and she's like, dang, he's really good. And I said, well, I hope he still is good after the game starts. And his first punt comes off and she watches it and she says, and she doesn't really watch football. Right. But she watched it and she said, that looks terrible. That didn't look like anything like what he was doing in practice. I, I it's, I think it's all mental for him. It really, it, because he's still got the same guys helping him in practice, uh, still got Wartell snapping to him. Right. It's it's mental. He's got a he's got to shake that boogeyman. He's got the yips. Yeah, he's got the yips, and it shouldn't be the cold weather. The guy kicked in Buffalo. I mean, you know, if you can kick in Buffalo, you can kick in Green Bay. Although his numbers were a little bit worse in the cold weather in Buffalo, that is a that is a factor. But I I don't it wasn't like this, right? Uh, or he or he wouldn't be here in Green Bay. No, no, they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't take him there uh, if that was the case. And I I think one of the big questions here um, for the Packers is once you bench Rodgers because they have to bench him at some point. I, if you want to let him play the whole first quarter or the first two quarters, fine. That that's fine. After halftime. I think you're at a point of diminishing returns because you don't get any value from winning the game. So why not? Um, why not uh, make sure that you're keeping him healthy? Right. Uh, I, I think it seems like a no brainer to me. The question is, once you bench him, who else do you bench? Because when they put 
love in at the end of the Vikings game. Obviously, it was just time to bench all of your starters, except the whole offensive line was still out there. Yeah, I noticed that, too. I noticed that as well. And Yeah, Juwan Winfrey, Dominique Daphne. Uh, who else was out there catching passes? It, Lazard wasn't out there. I think no. MVS might have been out there for one snap. Was no, EQ no, he out there? EQ, yeah, I think it was EQ. Yeah. Um, Daphne I was one of the guys I noticed was out there. Davis uh, was out there, yes. The tight end. Davis. Yes, Davis. I think he was out there. You know what? I didn't have a pad and paper that was right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Win- Winfrey, I think, was their ex receiver um, yeah. at that point. So the question is are you making love play with all the backups, or do you have some of your guys out there? I think, I think, especially considering that you're trying to hammer out this contract with Devontae. You got to pull him because you, yeah. you you are in a situation where you're trying to protect the relationship with Devontae. You can't have him upset. And if you're benching Rogers and not Devontae, he has every right to be upset. Yeah, no, I, I think here's here's the way I look at it. It depends on two things when they bench Rogers or sit Rogers. I mean, that benching him because he's not performing. But when right. when, when he sits down and also. Uh, what the score is. So if he plays the whole first half and the Packers are up 21, three at halftime, you probably bench everyone along, you know, most of the starters along with him. Uh, but if the score is, you know, 13, 10 and it's second quarter and you, mm-hmm. and you sit him down, maybe you let the starters play the rest of the first half and then go uh, gradually bring in some more of the reserves. You know, the, the kind of guys that I want to see, more from in a game like this, TJ Slayton, Shamar John Charles, uh, whether Bak- if Bakhtiari is healthy, maybe he gets a series or two. Uh, same with Jair or Randall Cobb, if they're able to play. To me, you don't want to risk much. You just want them to, you know, get used to the speed of the game again and get them in there. But some of the younger guys who don't get a lot of playing time, you're, yeah. you mentioned Winfrey, Daphne, Davis, uh, you know, even maybe some of the younger offensive linemen, Ben Braden, I would like to see get. Oh, and, and uh, Patrick Taylor is going to be out there. Patrick Taylor, really absolutely. Rated out as one of the better uh, running backs as well. He yeah, really well. Yeah. So you know, those are the kind of guys I want to see a little bit more. Maybe Oren Burks could get some more reps on defense, which we don't see a lot of. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I think we will see a lot of Isaac Yadam on defense, which we did late in that Minnesota game, and he looked bad again. Uh, oh, he's he's only depth. That's all he is. He is a body. That's he, all he is. Well, he's a special teams guy. That is where he can help the team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he is a body on defense. I agree with that. But yeah, I want to see some of those younger guys and some of those guys who don't get a lot of reps on offense or defense go, go out there and get a chance to do their thing, knowing that if it doesn't go well and we lose this game, so what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know. A couple of things I want to, I want to touch on before we wrap up. Um, first, I want to talk about uh, injured players returning. I also want to, we had two listener questions I yes. wanted to touch on. I think we're going to save the Twitter question from Nick until next week. Okay. Uh, it's, it's playoff related anyways. Um, let's real quick let's do the uh, email question. Sure. So this, this comes from uh, uh, Rosemary or Rosemary. I'm not sure. Uh, Rosemary Hunter. 
Why does Packers player number 62, which is Lucas Patrick, mm-hmm. stand backwards in the huddle? Yeah, a uh, couple of reasons, and I, I did send an email answer. But uh, number one, he's the center, so he's really trying partially to hide the quarterback so that the defense can't hear him as well, and more importantly, probably read his lips when he's calling a play in the huddle. I think that is definitely uh, part of it. And then you, when we were talking in pre-production, you gave a good answer uh, in addition to that as well. Oh, I'm, I'm happy that you think I have, have good answers. You know? <laughs> it means a lot coming from you, Gil. Uh, well, I, I, I just think he is also keeping an eye on the defense because he's trying to figure out what they're doing. I think he's, uh, he's multitasking here. I think you're trying right. to figure out what they're talking about. See, uh, you know, if, if there's, if that, I, I, I bet you some of the time when the defense is discombobulated and the Packers catch them off guard, whether that ends up in an offsides play or just a broken coverage, whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the time it's Lucas Patrick, who's picking up on that when they're in the huddle and he just kind of says, Hey, let's go. They're a mess. I think that, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think it could be. So th- those are your, I think the two biggest reasons why uh, he's doing that. And I don't think it's unique to the Packers. I think, you know, I think almost every team has at least one player facing the other way. All right. So uh, the Packers designated Randall Cobb to return from injured reserve. He's been practicing. Uh, David Bakhtiari has been practicing. He sounds like he's looked really good in practice. I've seen some video of it. He looks really, really good. Um, the, the big question to Matt LaFleur, is there a chance you play him in the lions game? My answer is, I think yes, for a series, I think, uh, especially maybe if it's late in the game and the game feels a little bit over and there's not necessarily as much of a chance of him getting hurt. Maybe you put him in, but I think it's a good opportunity to get him some live reps that are, low uh risk you know um i think that's important i think right now i would not put david boxiari into a playoff game and here's here's why he hasn't played in over a year uh he's been working to get his muscles back into condition build up the muscle memory and david boxiari in the last couple of years has had slow starts to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he he tends to get more penalties early on in the year, you know, and he like a lot of Green Bay players, he tends to heat up as the weather gets cold. Uh, I I just I think right now, uh, if if you're in a situation where it's kickoff right now, Yash Nyman is more equipped to do a good job protecting Rodgers than David Bakhtiari is because Bakhtiari. All he's been able to do is some workouts at practice. And Yash has been playing the position for most of the year. Well, you know, but here, here's, the, here's the real question uh, or the deeper question, in my opinion. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Okay, where am I going with this? <laughs> Are you about to suggest right tackle? No. Uh, well, oh. maybe for Yash. Maybe for Yash. But, but no, to me, the question is this. If you play... David Bakhtiari for, let's say, two two series, let's say, at some point in this game. Does that help him to the point where, come playoff time and another two weeks of practice, 
that he is ready to fa- to to do a better job than what Yash has done for the Packers. And Yash has done a very solid job, uh, you know, better than anyone I think could have expected. Um, but is 75% of David Bakhtiari better than 95% or 100% of Yash? And I think, you know, that's the question that the coaching staff has to project and try to answer when they figure out what they're going to do. And when you phrase it like that, I feel like the answer has to be no. Okay. Um, I, I, I think, <clears throat> I think maybe when you phrase it like that, maybe it's important to play Bakhtiari for closer to a full game here. I mean, it's, it is a meaningless game, but I don't think you can just throw him into a playoff game. I think it would be a downgrade. And I have not been the biggest Yash defender, uh, although I certainly appreciate him. I, I don't think that he's on the level of a healthy Bakhtiari or a, a healthy Elton Jenkins. But but I think that going from Yash to Bakhtiari right now is a downgrade because of the lack of um, whatever you want to call it, of, of playing games. He's yeah. he's rusty and he didn't even have he didn't even have the kind of workouts that you would get if you were playing in the in the uh, or if you were at uh, training camp, you know, where you're taking uh, live practice reps. Right. It's not right. the same thing. I, I So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think I think when you phrase it like that, I have to answer no. Now, there is maybe a question to me of Bakhtiari versus Kelly. And I like Kelly, and he's done. He was actually one of the best players on the team last week. Had uh, the, the fourth highest grade of all offensive players. Played played his butt off for sure. Um, but you know he's only been starting for just a couple weeks. Bakhtiari and Kelly, I think, is a much closer comparison. I would be interested in benching Kelly for Bakhtiari for this game and a playoff game right now, and keep Yash at left tackle. And then if Bakhtiari is showing that, okay, he, he still has it. He's warmed up. He can do it. He's his old self. Absolutely. You bump him back over to left tackle where he belongs. Yeah. Uh, I, I disagree with you on that. I, as much as I do like Yash, I, I think that 75 or 80% of Bakhtiari is better in the long run uh, then, do you think then, we're getting seventy five percent of Bakhtiari right now? Is well, that's something. That's what the coaches have to determine, and and you know by having him in practice and maybe having him play some in the Lions game, that's what you're trying to figure out. And you know, it, it, look, it could be possible he goes out there and can't. You know, the knee doesn't hold up, or he doesn't feel good enough to to go after that, or he has a setback, or he could you know, play very well, but the most likely outcome is he's a little rusty and, and it shows. So, you know, and against, against the lions, that is fine. As long as he doesn't get hurt, as long as the quarterback doesn't get hurt. Exactly. He's getting beat. Who cares? Exactly. I, I, that, that's, this is, this is the fourth preseason game that the team didn't have back in August. That's what this is. (laughs) And, you know, to me, you want to see what Bakhtiari can do and putting him at left tackle for part of this game, I think is the right move. And then you can figure out, well, maybe he's not up to left tackle. Maybe he's not up to right tackle, or maybe he's better off at right. tackle. You know, you got to feel it out. You got to see what he, what he brings, where he's at and how he feels after the game. But I would love to see him play at least a minimum of two series 
uh, just to get his feet wet and to catch up with the speed and and tempo of of a regular season game. Four other guys that might be back uh, for this game or the first playoff game. Billy Turner, I think I have my highest degree of confidence that he could be back, except there's just not any real indications. But his injury just never seemed serious enough to keep him out this long. Right. So I don't know about Billy Turner. You got Jair. I think Jair probably is ready to go, is my guess. I think he's ready to go. And they just decided to be cautious with him last week. I don't think that the COVID thing had anything to do with it. I think he was already um, uh, not playing before he got put on, on the COVID list. And then well, you got I, uh, Josh Myers and Zadarius. Those are the four guys who might be back. Well, plus Bakhtiari, so five guys. Plus Bakhtiari, yeah. I mean, I, I think with Cobb, what I heard was that had last week's game been a playoff game, he probably could have gone. Uh, Ooh, yeah, I, I feel like we're assuming he's going to play, if not this week because it is a meaningless game, certainly the first playoff game. Right. I, I think that's what, and I think Jair, if he didn't have COVID, might have been ready to go last week as well. But again, you know, more than having him out there for a couple of series, I, you know, don't see the value in it. Just let him make, uh, like, let him make one or two tackles, you know, just let him get his feet right. wet and, and just psychologically know that the shoulder is sound enough that he can go out there and do what he has to do to play in the playoff game. That, and when, that, when, when he comes back, where do you put him? I put him on the boundary. I have my answer. I put him on the boundary, and I think I I I might move, uh, you know, move some other people around. To me, you, you have Alexander and Stokes on the boundary. That's your, you know, a very fast duo, and then yeah. you can move Rasul in into the, you know, into the slot uh, or nickel spot, or you can move him into the dime and stick with Sullivan in the nickel. Lots of choices, but I, I would put him on the perimeter. What what would you do? You know, you convinced me. I was I was all about to make an argument for why he should be in the slot. I think that uh, you you just listed all the spots he could be and kind of in your order of preference. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So let's move on from Jair. Uh, except Lafleur made a weird comment that Jair looked good on both sides of the ball in practice. What do you think <laughs> that's about? I think that's just quite honestly. I think that. In practice, they had they had a little shortage of receivers because of COVID and injuries, uh-huh. and I think that he's just saying stuff to make opposing teams think about it. Right. It makes no sense at this point to put him out there on offense and risk him getting hit. Certainly not against the Lions. I mean, when there's nothing at stake. Yeah. So, uh, you know, do they have? I, some... I think you're right. They they did something fun and funny in practice. Whether he was. Uh, throwing the ball uh, under center, whether he ran it or ran a route. Right. Uh, I think I think he did that for uh, part of an afternoon, and they all thought it was funny. And so it was an inside joke meant to kind of screw with the public. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and if they do have a surprise play with him running a pattern or doing I, I don't, you know, maybe we see it in the playoffs, but I don't think we see it against Detroit. Final issue here. What do you do with Zadarius? Because I feel like at this point, you got to make him a rotational player. I don't think that you need to concern yourself with him being a starter, but you you need some depth. The pass rush has been an issue since they lost Merciless, and they don't have that rotational depth anymore. And look, you Rashawn and Preston cannot play 
every snap of the game. So you have to have times out there where it's Tipa and Jonathan Garvin, or you're mixing and matching a good guy and a not so good guy. I think it's time to work Zadarius in. I don't think he's going to be back next year. I don't know what the heck is going on with his relationship with the Packers or what, what is going on with his injury. I, the whole thing has just been strange to me all year. I can't even speculate because I know literally nothing. I don't think he's back though, but look, you paid him a ton of money, like 25 million bucks to be here this year. Get some rotational snaps out of the guy in the playoffs. I think that there will be a rotation in the playoffs and if he's ready to go, he'll be a part of it. Uh, I just hope that he's ready to go and it would be, you know, having that third guy in the rotation and you mentioned merciless that really did give this team more, uh, more options at edge. And yeah, I think having Preston Zedarius and Gary all available would definitely up this team's ability to rush the passer and to add to it, quite honestly, I agree with you. I, I hope he's back, but I don't think Zedarius is a Packer in 2022. Final piece. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to do a segment on MVP because we've already talked about it and we'll talk about it again on here. But I'm going to quote Hecker's outside linebackers coach Mike Smith on Aaron Rodgers and the whole baloney about uh, a certain Bears reporter ta- calling him the biggest jerk in the league and uh, a bad guy. Here's Mr. Mike Smith, who does not mince words ever. Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a man. I'll tell you that high character. Go ask anybody in this building. It's a pretty ringing endorsement from uh, like, like I said, a guy who uh, does not think that uh, talk is cheap and he certainly values um, every word he says. So give me your score prediction for this game. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one since we don't know who's even playing in this game or rather for how long. Yeah, this is a tough one to predict. Uh, uh, to me, the Packers are the better team. They should find a way to win this game. Again, the key is who cares and for how long. But uh, I go Packers 30, Lions 13. Ooh, wow, that's a blowout right there. I think the Packers are going to be kicking a lot of field goals. I think they're going to have three touchdowns and three field goals, putting them at, what is that, 32 points? 30. 30 points. <laughs> 30 points for the Packers. I think the Lions are going to get really close and they're going to sniff 24 or 27, uh, depending on um, how often they decide to go for it uh, and be aggressive instead of kicking field goals. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll officially say 30-24. Okay, fair enough. So there's 11 points at stake and uh, I'm up by 10. So this is it. This is for all the marbles, at least until the playoffs. <laughs> that's right. Alrighty. That's it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Lakey to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can email us at askgilhubble at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not